On today's show, a pair of career nights for your Houston Rockets rookies, Amin Thompson and Cam Whitmore, as the Rockets beat the snot out of the Toronto Raptors. The offense looking really smooth, getting back to a place where they're playing well off of Alperin Shangoon. We're going to break down all of that, plus a very wild LeBron James trade rumor and how that may or may not impact the Houston Rockets. It's all coming up right here at Locked on Rockets. This is Mission Control, Houston. Ignition sequence start. Throw it up to Jalen Green. Shingoon here in the short row. Oh, Mike, that's the no look. Jabari for three and the win. Yeah! Look at Tarisen. Here comes Tarisen. No! T-minus 15 seconds. Guidance is internal. The Houston Rockets select Amen Thompson and Cam Whitmore. One thing I have never done is not made the playoffs, and so we want to take that step here as well. Six. Ladies and gentlemen, Amen Thompson and Cam Whitmore are here, and it is absolutely glorious to bear witness to. What's up, and welcome to another edition of Locked on Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything. Houston Rockets basketball. As always, I'm your host, Jackson Gatlin, native Houstonian and credentialed media member. I'm also the host of Locked on NBA Mondays. Be sure to follow along on Twitter at JT Gatlin. The show, of course, at Locked on Rockets, free and available wherever you listen to your podcasts, including YouTube, where you can help the show out tremendously by commenting anything below. Remember, for the house, for the team, for the algorithm. Now, today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more with FanDuel. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets. If your best bet of $5 or more wins, visit FanDuel.com slash on to get started. And as always, thank you so much for making Locked On Rockets part of your day. Every single day, whether it's on your way to work, on your lunch break, in the gym, at the park, whatever you're doing, thank you for making LOR part of your day every single day. Rockets completely decimating the Toronto Raptors, 135 to 106, in large part due to the insane production from their pair of rookies, Amin Thompson and Cam Whitmore, who continue to grow and impress and just look better and better with each passing game. And I really do think this is one of those silver linings from a season that had you know, gotten off to a strong start maybe overperforming some expectations. And then the Rockets got hit by the injury bug, right? You you lose Tari Eason, you lose Dylan Brooks, Jabari missed some time, Fred missed some time. You know, a, a team that has dealt with, you know, some adversity here. And it, in a way, that that adversity, right, opened up the minutes, especially for, for Cam Whitmore. Now, Amin Thompson, and Amin Thompson missed a significant amount of time, right? Missed, you know, the first month of the season, basically, month and a half. So... For a team that has had as many injuries as they've had, I do think that's one of the silver linings here is just the the window of opportunity that presented for the Rockets rookies. And they are absolutely making the most of it. Amin Thompson was insane in this game. That's the only way I can describe it. It's, it's kind of like, and I saw somebody talking about this on online, and I can't remember, I can't remember who it was, so I want to give a little bit of credit, but I, I can't. Um, but it is very reminiscent the way that Amin Thompson has been playing as of late, and especially in this game, it's almost like back when Russell Westbrook was with the Houston Rockets and there was like that point, like February or March or so, where before the COVID shutdown happened, where 
It's like he, it's like Russ suddenly realized, oh, hey, nobody can guard me. When we're five, when we're spaced five out, I just, you know, if I get downhill, it's a bucket every time. And that's exactly how Amin Thompson played in this game specifically. He was carving up the Raptors defense and they were, and he was doing it in, in a, in different ways. It wasn't just, you know, it wasn't just in transition. It wasn't just straight line drives. It wasn't attacking off the K. It was a little bit of everything. He had the one drive where he like drove in, changed directions and like Euro stepped past the defender and went up and finished with his left hand. He had a couple drives where he drove in strong and elevated and like finished through contact and was able to absorb the contact and still finish at the rim. Uh, his numbers in this game were, were phenomenal. Career night, best career, probably best career game uh, to date for Amin Thompson. Career high, 19 points on 9 of 11 shooting. Uh, 0 of 1 from three-point line, so he was 9 of 10 inside the arc. He was 1 of 2 at the free throw line. He had 7 boards, 4 assists, 2 steals, a block, and only 2 turnovers in 24 minutes of run. And he just looks like he's starting to kind of, things are starting to slow down and he's able to understand his place within the offense. Whether and and that's there's two two areas here, right? It's him with the ball in his hands and him actually attacking, which he was incredible at against the Raptors. They had no answer for him. Basically, when he started like sizing up his defender, he would kind of start this like lullaby kind of dribble from about like 15 to 18 feet out, kind of start walking his defender down. And then he'd get to like the free throw line. Then he would like make a move, right? Like a quick, like, okay, he's going to tuck the shoulder and immediately go, or he's going to get back and forth and get to some hesitation dribbles or whatever. He just had his way with whoever was guarding him in this game. Raptors had zero answer for him and seeing him be able to finish at that elite level around the rim. Granted, the Raptors are not a great, team overall they're not a great defense it's still a really encouraging sign to see that hey there's there's moments there with the men because we've seen some moments here and there before but he's starting to really put it together and understand how to be effective and arguably an even more exciting element from this game as, as it relates to a thompson and his offense was his cutting ability which has been very much on display these last few weeks as Ime Odoka tries to find ways for him to be effective offensively and not just, you know, concede, oh, hey, I'm just going to stand at the three-point line and do nothing, and, you know, when the ball gets pitched out to me, I'm going to take a three, which is, you know, exactly what the defense wants. No, a man is being active offensively as a cutter, as an offensive rebounder, doing a lot of little things offensively to not just be content with sitting out of the three-point line and being, you know, turned into an offensive liability. He is being productive, um, and he's looking for ways to impact the game offensively, even when he doesn't have the ball in his hands. The chemistry that he has developed very quickly with Alper and Shingun as a cutter, being able to play off of Alp in and around the basket is tremendous because when you have a guy like Alper and Shingun who is able to facilitate the ball at such a high level, has great court vision, all that, all you need to do is cut, right? All you need, when Alp posts up, when he faces up a defender, he's going to draw a second body. He's going to draw a second guy. And there were a lot of points in this game where the, the Raptors elected to not send a second defender and they attempted to guard Shingun in single coverage with Jakob Pertl. Spoiler alert, it did not end well for them. Alper and Shingun was, it, it was you know, dominant in this game. 24 points, 13 rebounds, 8 assists. More on his game a little bit later. But just seeing the way that the that 
the Rockets are starting to, you know, really understand. I say the team as a whole because the whole team is looking like they're starting to understand and benefit off of getting back towards playing through Alper and Shingun a little bit more, but not just spamming pick and rolls and post-ups, actually moving off of, you know, when he's when he's got the basketball, right? Off-ball movement when Alp is kind of conducting, uh, you know, orchestrating the offense. And that's leading to some really wide open, easy buckets for guys like a men, guys like Cam Whitmore, Dylan Brooks, Jabari Smith Jr., guys that are able to play, even Jalen Green, right, has had some really great two-man play with Alperin Shingun these last couple weeks. So I'm loving that development there. And just seeing what Amin Thompson has kind of grown into in such a short amount of time as an NBA player, like you're this is why he was the number four overall pick. This is why the Rockets are incredibly excited about him because when you're seeing him able to find ways to be effective, even though he doesn't have a reliable outside shot at this point in his career, he's so good on the defensive side of the ball. He's so good in so many areas offensively and finding ways to be effective despite not having an outside shot. That's how you know he's going to be a good player one day. Like, if Amin Thompson never developed an outside shot, he's still going to be a high-quality NBA player because of all the other little things that he does and the way that he's finding ways to be effective offensively even without having that outside shot and also without just dominating the on-ball reps when he's in the game. He's still finding a way to be effective even playing off the ball, which speaks volumes about his ability to impact a game in a variety of different ways. So... Wanted to highlight Amin Thompson, how impressed with his game I was in this one. Some of the some of the passing was out of this world. He had that one pass to Cam Whitmore who cut through the middle. He had picked up the dribble and he couldn't go anywhere. So he just kind of signaled to Amin, or sorry, he signaled to Cam Whitmore to cut down the middle of the lane. He found Cam. Rest was easy for Cam Whitmore getting that shot up. So Amin Thompson is right along schedule, you know, is is progressing nicely. He's right on schedule. Things look really good from him, and things look really good for the other Houston Rockets rookie, Cam Whitmore, who also had himself a career game against the Toronto Raptors. Want to talk about what we saw from him, as well as Alperin Shingun just straight up dominating the Raptors on the interior. No answers from Yaka Pertle or Scotty Barnes or anybody trying to guard Shingun in this game. Plus, we've got some NBA rumors to get to. We're going to get to all of that and so much more here in just one moment. First, today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Happy Super Bowl to all those who celebrate from FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Because, hey, if you're like me, Super Bowl Sunday is all about getting together with family, friends, finding a great spot on the couch, grabbing some snacks, and watching some awesome football being played. And also, let's be honest, the commercials are pretty good, too. I I love watching Super Bowl commercials. Look, not only can you bet on who will win Super Bowl 58, but FanDuel also has bets for which player is going to score a touchdown, how many points will be scored, and so much more. FanDuel has so many ways for you to end the season with a W or two or three, depending on how your wagers goes. Now, new customers, this is a really exciting part. New customers join today and you'll get $200 in bonus bets if your first bet of $5 or more wins. Just visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to sign up. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel and official sportsbook partner of the NFL. And continuing on here at Locked on Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball. Let's shift gears here to the other Houston Rockets rookie who showed out in a big way against the Toronto Raptors. None other than Cameron Whitmore. Cam was incredible. 25 points. 10 of 17 shooting. He was 3 of 7 from downtown. 2 of 2 at the free throw line. 
He had six rebounds, had an assist. The ass- Oh my God, the assist. Oh, the assist was sweet. That dime, the behind the back pass to Uncle Jeff. Oh my God. That pass was other, like Cam was just out there hooping at that point. He was just out there having a good time. He was, he was, uh, he was feeling it at that point. Uh, had the dime, had a couple steals, really all around impressive game from Cam Whitmore, who just continues to be a straight up scoring phenom off the bench. His scoring numbers are absolutely absurd. He is alongside, I believe it's Zion Williamson are the only players that have averaged, I think it's 25 points per 36 on 60% or better true shooting in their rookie seasons. If I remember the stat correctly, I'm going off the top of my head. But that that's just who Cam Whitmore is, man. He checks into a game and, and look, he he doesn't he's not just filling it up in garbage time. That's the crazy part is he's actually making a difference when the minutes matter against starters, against legitimate second units. He has become a an important contributing member of this Rockets roster. And for a team that desperately needs the scoring punch that they need. Like early, think about early on in this season when the defense was phenomenal. Rockets were top three, you know, at one point, number one defense in the NBA, but their offense just as some games, it just didn't show up, right? They, they had no offensive weapons to go to off the bench. And Cam Whitmore has become that offensive weapon. Cam Whitmore is their spark plug off the bench. He helps do the heavy lifting for, you know, the second unit when they need a guy that's just going to go out there and knock down some shots. That's been Cam Whitmore's job. And he has risen to the task and has made it look almost really easy with how well he plays. He gets downhill and it's, it's really funny watching him drive downhill because it's not like defenders aren't trying to stop him. It's just, they just kind of can't like there's like once cam decides he's going downhill, if he gets his shoulders past you, it's game over. And he's going to get to the, he's going to get like at the moment, his feet touch the paint. He's taking like one more step and then elevating to yam at home or to try and finish through contact. That's just how he drives. He's such an aggressive driver. And, He's also not afraid to shoot the basketball. Took seven three-point attempts in this game. Brilled three of them, but very unafraid to shoot the basketball. He's, I think he missed his first two, maybe three threes before he hit his first one. Uh, just total like shooter's conscience, right? Memory of a goldfish. He's just out there letting it fly, which is exactly what you want from a player in his position to do. And then not only the... Not only was he just straight up good in this game, like the 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 driving, the finishing through contact. Even at one point, we saw we saw like an invert or like not an inverted pick and roll, but a uh, like a guard guard pick and roll with him and 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 Fred Van Vliet, where Fred came up to set the screen, and Cam just decided he was going to take the ball all the way to the rim. Uh, he is so unafraid, man. He goes out there. He doesn't care who he's playing against, whether it was LeBron James in the Lakers game a couple games ago whether it's this game, he doesn't care who he's going at. He is fearless every single drive, every single you know shot that he pulls up from on the perimeter. And he looks every bit a top five pick. Like I have, obviously there were some extenuating circumstances and some factors that went into Cam Whitmore sliding all the way down to 20. And we, we unpacked and talked about those at the time of the draft. But holy crap, this kid is going to make a lot of GMs look really stupid. Like the fact that they passed up on him and the amount of talent that he's showcasing right now. And the the fact that the Rockets did slow play it a little bit with him to where he's he's coming on so strongly here now. 
I will say we didn't spend much, if if any time, I think talking about it. Alperin Shingun did not make the NBA All Star All Star team, so he's not part of the reserve group. Um, and I don't think there's any injuries on the Western side of things that would open up an opportunity for Shingun to to squeeze in as like a as an injury reserve to the All Star game, which is disappointing. But what I'd argue is even more disappointing than Shingun not getting the nod for the All Star game because look, he's Shingun's playing at an all-star level, but there are also a lot of players that are probably understandably frustrated, upset that their guys are whatever. Like, let's, for example, De'Aaron Fox and DeMontis Sabonis, right? Two guys who are absolutely playing at an all-star level, neither of whom got selected. Sacramento Kings fans are understandably upset. Um, I would be a fan of, of moving the rosters up to 15 players instead of just 12 players. It's probably time for the NBA to consider doing that. When the rosters were originally, the last time the rosters were done, anything was done with the rosters, the NBA had like 23 teams in it, right? So the NBA has grown considerably. There's a lot more talent in the league than there ever has been before. I'd say open it up, give each team three more spots. There's more than enough players that are deserving of it. But where we did get some legit snubs and where I am upset for the Houston Rockets is uh, no Amin Thompson and no Cam Whitmore in the Rising Stars game. That was an egregious oversight. That, to me, is inexcusable, especially with how Cam Whitmore, how good Cam Whitmore has looked as of late and how great Amin Thompson has been settling into his role. I think it's just a travesty that the Rockets have no representation in the right. Well, that's not true. They have Jabari Smith Jr. on the other side of the Rising Stars game, so he's playing as a sophomore. But the fact that neither of the Rockets' rookies could get a nomination just is straight-up BS. So... I'm not upset about the Shingun all-star snub, if you want to call it a snub. His time will come. He'll get an all-star selection at some point. Um, I think part of it's just if the Rockets had a better record this year, then I think Shingun probably would have made it. Um, they're just not good enough record-wise, uh, even though numbers-wise, he is playing well enough or good enough to to have made the team. So that's where I take a bit more frustration is the, the snubs for Amin Thompson and Cam Whitmore. And then also Cam discussing the fact that he doesn't want to be in the dunk contest. So no dunk contest for Cam Whitmore. He said that he doesn't really want to, you know, that he's not focused on that, that they called. They tried to ask him about it a couple times. Uh, doesn't look like we're getting a Cam Whitmore all-star, you know, appearance in any capacity in the Rising Stars game or during the dunk contest. But he said maybe a couple years down the line, once he, you know, cements himself as an NBA player and he's, you know, solid and all that, then maybe he'll consider doing the dunk contest. Then that's something that I'm looking forward to. We just won't get to see it this year. But, I do want to talk about Alperin Shingun, his dominant game, and how the Rockets have looked playing off of Alperin Shingun these past couple games and, and how he's getting back to his passing methods. Uh, we're going to talk about that as well as the very wacky LeBron James Lakers trade rumor. We're going to get there in just one moment. First, today's episode is brought to you by Prize Picks. PrizePix is the largest daily fantasy sports platform in North America, the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports because it's just you versus the numbers. Instead of battling thousands of other players, including pros and sharks, you just pick more than or less than on two to six player stat projections and watch the winnings roll in. PrizePix is so simple to play. You can make your picks and submit an entry in less than 60 seconds. They've got quick withdrawals, easy gameplay, and an enormous selection of players and stat types, which is what makes PrizePix the number one DFS app on the market. And here's the really cool thing. PrizePix even offers a reboot policy so that your entries stay in play even if one of your players gets injured. 
That means for football and basketball games, if you have a player who exits the game in the first half and does not return in the second, that player is rebooted. PrizePix is the only DFS platform with an injury insurance policy. So if you've been thinking about getting into daily fantasy sports, give PrizePix a try. Go to prizepix.com slash LockedOnNBA and use code LockedOnNBA for a first deposit match up to $100. Again, that's prizepix.com slash LockedOnNBA with promo code LockedOnNBA for a first deposit match up to $100. PrizePix is daily fantasy sports made easy. And final segment here at Locked on Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball. Now, I want to spend a little bit of time talking about Alperin Shingu and his dominant play against the Raptors. First off, because... This is a nice bounce back game for Alpi, right? Like he he struggled against the Pelicans. He struggled in the matchup with Jonas Valanciunas. Not a great game. Oh, you know, by by Alpi's usual standards, missing a lot of bunnies. He just he really didn't have it in that game, right? So for him to come back, have a dominant game, 24 points, 10 of 14 shooting. He was three of three at the foul line, 13 rebounds, eight dimes. Uh he had a couple turnovers. There were a couple possessions. I don't want to say they were like right back to back, but kind of early on where LP drove and, and just, they weren't strong drives into the Raptors defense. And they, and you know, one of them, he drove and tried to like bail out of it with like a pass over the top of the defense and the pass got tipped and it wasn't great. He had another one where he drove and got stripped on the drive. But apart from those two occurrences, he kind of got whatever he wanted against this Raptors defense in large part because they elected to defend him in single coverage for stretches of the game. And and when he was in single coverage with, you know, Pirtle or Scotty Barnes or whoever it was, he was working, whoever he was, you know, was guarding him. And then when they did send double teams at him or when they were kind of, they were shading towards LP kind of running like a, a pseudo like zone look at times, you know, defensively. And then they'd send like a second defender to kind of shade towards LP. The Rockets really made, the, the Raptors pay with their cutting in this game. I talked about Amin Thompson and, and how effective he's been as a cutter early on, but it really does kind of feel like that extends to the team as a whole in this game. I felt did a really good job moving without the basketball, especially when it came to Alper and Shingun, right? The number of passes, the number of he, plays he was able to make in this game because of guys moving well without the basketball. That was a welcome sight because I, I feel like for a little while there, and you know, there's still you know, moments when it happens. And, and I think the team is just going to have to learn to to break out of this kind of bad habit, which is sometimes they just stand around. Like Alpi gets the ball on the low block or he's facing up to make a move and guys are just stationary. There's no cutting. There's no actions happening. Guys are just, you know, it's like their, their feet are stuck in quicksand and they're afraid to move. In this game, Shingun did a great job with guys like Amin and Cam Whitmore of kind of directing traffic with them having them cut, getting, you know, generating easy opportunities for them. And the more that this Rockets team does that and gets accustomed to doing that and playing off of Alper and Shingun, the more unstoppable this team is going to look and the more unstoppable Shingun is going to look because at the end of the day, he's going to get his, right? Like, like there's nobody in the NBA that can guard him. We just saw him a few games ago dominating Anthony Davis in, you know, in single coverage because nobody can guard Shingun. But, what can happen with Shingun is if you start, you know, if you force the ball out of his hands and either a guys aren't hitting shots, like what kind of happened against the Pelicans where the Pels were just dedicated towards shutting down Alper and Shingun in that game and nobody could hit any outside shots. So that was frustrating to witness because the pro- the process was good in this game. The Rockets didn't exclusively settle for outside looks and they used the cutting from a men from cam from other guys 
off of playing off of Alper and Shingun to kind of open things up offensively, which was again an, a welcome sight to see and something that hopefully doesn't just disappear next game and that they can stick with. You know, hey, if a defender turns his head. Hard cut back door, right? That's all you got to do. And Shingun will find you or Amin Thompson will find you or Fred will find you. Uh, I just, I thought that was a really encouraging thing to see in this game specifically. And part of the reason why Shingun was able to rack up eight assists and kind of flirt with a triple double in this one. So a really impressive night for Shingun. He uh, absolutely dominated Jakob Pertl whenever they were in one-on-one matchups. Uh... He got whatever he wanted against Scotty Barnes the couple times that I think Barnes was on Shingoon. Uh, and they had no answer for him off the bench, whether it was, you know, Thad Young or whoever. Whoever was matched up with Shingoon was just getting cooked all game long. I do want to give a quick shout out to Scotty Barnes, though, who who looks nice, man. Scotty looks good. Uh, 28.7 boards, four dimes, had a steal in there, 10 of 17 shooting. The Raptors are going to, like, with Scotty in the middle and then picking up Emmanuel quickly and, you know, RJ Barrett. The Raptors are going to be a nice team at some point down the line. They just got to find the right pieces to make, you know, all this stuff mesh together. But really like Scotty Barnes as a player, man. He and Alper and Shingun, they flashed a graphic during the uh, the Raptors broadcast, I believe, that showed that Alper and Shingun and Scotty Barnes are the only two players uh, that did not get selected to an all-star team that have, I believe, that are averaging over 20 points, eight rebounds, and five assists this season. They're the only two players that are on that list, so over 28 and five, uh, that did not make an all-star team. The rest of the names there, Luka Doncic, Nikola Jokic, Joel Embiid, Giannis Antetokounmpo, and Julius Randle. So all those other guys made the all-star team, uh, except for Scotty and Shingun. So the future is definitely bright for for the Raptors with Scotty Barnes in the middle. Just wanted to give him some credit because I, I love watching Scotty play, man. He's he's a good player. Um, not good enough in this game, though. Rockets were just a little bit too much to handle for the Raptors. Clicking on all cylinders offensively and uh, defensively, they, they did a, a pretty stellar job against the Raptors, too. They <clears throat> dominated the glass 49 to 37. They shot well from outside. And when the Rockets shoot well from outside and dominate on the interior the way that they did, which I believe, I believe they had, yeah, 84 points in the paint in this game for the Rockets. 84. 84 points in the paint. I believe that, and I, if I'm not mistaken, that is a season high for points allowed in the paint in a single game uh, this year in the NBA. 84 points. That is kind of absurd, and that's the style of basketball that the Rockets play, though. Um, so... Really impressive win. Good kind of tune-up win. The Raptors are a bad team. This is one that you're supposed to win. So let's see what the Rockets can build off of this one. But I do want to touch base here on this rumor and how it may or may not impact the Rockets here. Because uh, there's a couple different reasons I want to talk about it. First off, so it's the time of year where we get all sorts of crazy you know, NBA rumors and 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 stuff. And it's always fun to kind of uh, speculate and, and take a look at and try to understand, you know, how, how much stock we should put in some of these rumors, that kind of thing. But there's this guy on Twitter, uh, sports reporter David Pingalore, who apparently shared that, uh, and this is the, I'm just going to read the tweet verbatim because it's kind of funny. Hearing from at NBA peeps, <laughs> Very, very strong start at King James is top of the at Lakers list to trade the 39 year old Palinka is looking for the right team to dance with and is close to a suitor LBJ and AD both out tonight. 
Now, this was a couple days ago. And I believe since this came out, uh, there was a statement by Rich Paul, uh, you know, Clutch Sports, so LeBron's agent, that LeBron has no desire to move and that Clutch Sports is not demanding a trade and this, you know, all all the, hey, it's not happening, whatever. But this guy, David Pingalore, has called multiple deals in the past. Well, he's he's a legitimate newsbreaker. He's he's got his he's stamped. He's got approval because he called LeBron James exploring it. You know, going back to the Cleveland Cavaliers when he was with the Miami Heat back in 2012, February of 2012. He called that one, and he also called Kawhi Leonard to the Clippers. So this guy has legit sources and and ties. So I would not completely ball this up and throw it away. So what does it mean for the Rockets? It means a few different things for the Rockets. One, it means that it's potentially one less team in competition for a play-in spot. Because if the Lakers are looking at trading LeBron James, you've got to imagine that it's got to be, that you're not going to trade LeBron James and, and continue to try and still be competitive. I don't, I don't envision a world where that's the case whatsoever. So maybe they're trying to trade LeBron and see if they can get back like, you know, some infusion of young talent, whatever, all that stuff. I can't imagine that they would be competitive. So that would probably mean the Lakers falling out of the playing race, which is good for the Houston Rockets, potentially. So that's number one. Number two, no, the Rockets shouldn't trade for LeBron James. I'm just going to address that at the top. I should have led with that one. That should have been my point number one. The Rockets should not trade for LeBron James, even if he's on the trade market. He's 39 years old. He's had an incredible run. One of the greatest to ever do it. Trading for LeBron does not make the Rockets contenders and, and you know, mortgaging or, 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 you know, giving up on, on young talent to bring in a 39-year-old LeBron is not the right move. So I'm not saying that either. What I will say in this, this third point that I have is I think the most likely point and I, the most beneficial one for the Rockets is if they do trade LeBron and subsequently potentially, right, if they're exploring the idea of trading Anthony Davis as well, because if you're giving up on LeBron, you're locked into AD for a long time and AD is only 30, but do you, do you really want to try and build around AD at that point? Or do you want to also sell, you know, sell off high on AD and trade him to another contender and just hit like a full blown reset? Who knows? If they do trade LeBron, I would imagine that they're going to look to potentially fire sale some of their other pieces. Um, and so maybe the Houston Rockets could get in there and get like a, a Jared Vanderbilt or a D'Angelo Russell or a Jackson Hayes really like on the cheap if they decide that they're just giving up playoff hopes, right? If they're if they're moving on from LeBron, if they're going to bottom out, if they're going to be a bad team, if they're hitting the reset button and blowing everything up, there could be some pieces from the Lakers that the Rockets would want to take a, a good hard look at potentially picking up again, especially if you can get them on the cheap. So that's something to consider. And then the last point to consider, and this is the one where you put like, you go mega tinfoil hat theory, put the, you know, put the tinfoil hats on. It's not, maybe not a conspiracy theory, but this is like complete pie in the sky. If LeBron is being traded and if the Lakers are looking to blow things up, getting in on the LeBron sweepstakes, probably not a smart move. The Rockets are not a LeBron James away from winning a championship. However... Would you maybe make the argument that this team could be could benefit from trading for Anthony Davis if he's available and on the trade block? Now, AD is a polarizing figure, right? I get it. I 
sometimes he plays like he's a top five, top three player in the NBA. Other times he doesn't show up. He's, you know, injury prone. There's a lot to dislike about Anthony Davis for sure. But you also can't deny how dominant he is when he is dominant, right? He's a top, you know, arguably top five, top seven player in the NBA when healthy and producing at an elite level. He's arguably one of the best, if not maybe the best, most versatile defender in the entire NBA, guarding bigs and wings and guards. And he's switchable. He can do whatever you want to do defensively, you know, as a scheme because of Anthony Davis. Is there a world where training for AD makes sense if you're the Houston Rockets? And, and what's the furthest you would go to trade for an Anthony Davis if the Lakers are trying to blow things up? Because you, could you imagine an Anthony Davis, Alper, and Shingun front court? Because AD is like the exact type of big that you would want to sit next to Alper and Shingun to provide that, that rim deterrent presence, you know, and additional rebounding support, size, athleticism. He gives you offensive floor spacing. He's a guy that you can't double off of, right? The the two, the the big big action between Shingun and Anthony Davis would be absurd. Those two guys would be able to run pick and roll together. Could you imagine Shingun throwing lobs to AD over the top of the defense because they're running four or five pick and roll together at the top of the key, and nobody can guard it? Similar to how Shingun would run pick and roll with KJ Martin, and nobody could guard that one. Imagine that, but with like a seven foot tall KJ Martin with AD going over the top for lobs instead. It would be insane, and and the defensive upside would be insane because then you could have moments where maybe the matchup favors AD at the five, and you put AD at the five, and you run you know Tari Jabari whatever. But what would it cost? What would it cost to get your hands on Anthony Davis? That's where I wanted to I wanted to probe this from. I just thought, look, when you, when you get a chance to throw on your little GM hat and you know, pontificate and speculate on what this all could look like, uh, it gets very exciting. So I want your thoughts. If the Lakers are looking to hit the reset button and if they're going to blow things up by trading LeBron, should the Rockets go after Anthony Davis? Yes or no? Let me know in the YouTube comments. I don't even know what a package would look like for AD at this point. Like, I mean, the Rockets would have to dump in all their salary, uh, all their expiring salary, and then they'd, you'd have to imagine including some of the Nets picks. Uh, I don't even know if the Rockets have like, the best possible offer for AD. They probably don't. There's probably teams out there with a better offer for AD, but they've got a ton of young, exciting talent. Would you be willing to part with any of that to get AD right now and turn the team from a playoff hopeful into a legit, almost a legit contender overnight? Or is that rushing things? Let me know your thoughts. If you're listening, if you're watching, give me your thoughts in the YouTube comments. But as always, thank you so much for checking out the show. If you haven't done so yet, please consider subscribing wherever you listen to your podcast. As, I, as the indigestion hits me at the end of the episode. Oh, goodness. This is rough. <laughs> Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. And we look forward to having you back right here at Locked on Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball.